Welcome everyone to this quite different episode of the podcast, but you're about to hear myself interview two of my current clients, Jess and Soph. And the reason why I wanted to bring them on specifically is twofold. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know I speak heavily on the topic of eating more, the importance of maintenance phases for female health, wellness, and even aesthetic changes that we all want. And these two women are perfect examples of this transformation. So I hope that you will take two things away from this episode. The first is that it will help diminish any fears you might have specifically in relation to training less and eating more food. And secondly, show you what kind of life and way of being is possible when we step outside of our comfort zones. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the show. I think to start us off, I will just give a rundown of like where you're at um, and where you were when you came to me, just so the listeners get a bit of context and understand why I've brought you two on. So Jess, we're actually coming off on 12 months, I think, of working together. Yeah, I think the start of December will be 12 months, which is exciting. Yeah. So you'd already had huge success with fat loss before coming to me. Um, when we initially started, I believe we're in a deficit for a little bit. Then I think about five months at maintenance, pushing the calories on that, maybe into a slight surplus towards the end there. Um, and then jumped back into a fat loss phase, which was meant to be your wedge shred, um, which we decided to continue. And that's going to finish soonish, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the start of November. Yes, yeah, sweet. And so, so you and I, my goodness, time goes so fast. It looks like almost seven months or seven months yeah. together. Crazy. Quite crazy. <laughs> um, so with Soph, the whole time that we've been working together, Soph's either been in a maintenance phase or in a surplus. Currently, we just jumped back into a surplus and are pushing those carbs up, which is really exciting. <laughs> hey, I'm loving it. Bagel a day gets the doctor away. I love that. So I thought we would get right into some specific questions and I'll just ask each of you and then we can, you know, chat together as we go along. So, so just before we jumped on our first call together, if you remember back then, can you remember what life felt like and what your struggles were when it came to training and nutrition before we started to work together? Yeah, I um, I felt like I was in this prison cell and I couldn't get out of it. I had to get all of these ridiculous amounts of steps that I was doing. I was training six days a week. Um, you know, I was 
tracking every single little thing that crossed like crossed my mouth like I was using the scale for every single little thing um and you know I work quite a high energy job I'm a theater nurse as well so I was smashing myself with work um and I wasn't I wasn't stopping um and it was exhausting I was exhausted and I was getting nowhere I kept looking in the mirror going why am I not making the progress that I'm wanting to make and um yeah I just got to this point where I was like enough's enough something has to give and I remember I remember the day and I was it was a training session in the morning and I felt like absolute hell and I still went because I was like I have to hit these certain you know um training sessions I still have to get my steps in all of this I ended up um hurting my back because I was so exhausted and my head wasn't in the game and then I remember reaching out to you because I had listened to a podcast you and Nat had done about um women burning the candle at both ends I'm like that is me so I I reached out to you and I was like I need help because I can't do this anymore and that's what that's what my life was like up until um reaching out to you I felt like I was in a prison did you so it sounds like you knew that things needed to change did you have any fears about what the changes might mean or might bring yeah look I'm that classic if I didn't one day you know hit my steps or you know if I missed something out of the crazy little schedule I had in my head that I would gain all of this weight and I would lose all of my progress just because I didn't hit something for one day. Mm-hmm. Like I was worried about um, gaining weight. I was worried what um, everyone would think of me, even though no one cares. But in my head, I thought everybody saw me as this fitness person and, you know, like fitness is just who I am. So if I didn't do that, then who was I mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So interesting Um, and definitely sets the context for where you were. Jess, what about you? Before we first spoke, what did life feel like for you and what were you struggling with when it came to training and nutrition? Um, Similarly to Soph, I was definitely burning the candle at both ends. Um, I, as you mentioned, had come off the back and was at the back end of a really big weight loss um, phase over about 13 months. I lost about 45 kilos and I did that, did that myself, um, you know, working out my own numbers and doing all of those things. But I got to a point where my calories were so low, my exercise was so high, but I didn't know what to do because I was so petrified of gaining all my weight back that I was like, I can't go anywhere and I was in my head despite having lost the weight I still wasn't happy I didn't look in the mirror and think yes I'm happy and I thought that's what was going to happen and so I kept trying to get smaller and smaller and smaller but I was at the end of where I could I couldn't get my calories lower I couldn't get my steps higher I was like exhausted and I came to you right as my body literally shit itself um that was it I like couldn't move and I can remember um you actually slid into my dms over a deadlift video I put up and was like "Hmm, jokes that's a squat 
just helping out here. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then we sort of kept in touch. And I can remember I was at a point, I was like, actually a bit like Sophie, I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like I'm lost, but I can't keep doing this. And I just, yeah, my body physically fell to pieces. I can remember so clearly messaging you being like, I'm sitting on the gym floor sobbing. I cannot move. Like I couldn't get, I was in so much agony. I went to the doctor, got blood tests, everything. They're like, there's nothing wrong. I literally had just burnt my candle completely. There was nothing left. And I didn't know where to go. I was really, really lost, but absolutely terrified of going back to where I was. So your fear, Jess, was was about going backwards, it sounds like. Yeah, my fear was really around gaining my weight back because it took so much sacrifice and hard work to lose it. And I was like, I only knew two things. I knew being obese and I knew eating almost nothing and moving constantly. And I didn't realise there was a world in between. Um, and so I was terrified. I was like, well, if I'm not moving and eating nothing, I'll go back to being obese. And that was where I was. I was terrified of that. Yeah. It sounds like even though you both had really different journeys prior to the place you were when, when we met for both of you was really like, you're just at your wits end, having done all of the things for, you know, and really driven yourselves into the ground. And that's where things took off with, with us. So can you run us through like thinking back then versus now from a feeling place, like how do things feel differently now? Um, it's funny. I posted a picture on Instagram yesterday of a picture of me in the gym probably about 18 months, 12 months ago and a picture of me in the gym yesterday and a picture really does say a thousand words because in the first picture, you could see that I was unhappy. You could see that I, um, I was in this sort of um, negative feedback cycle of all of those um, behaviours that I couldn't get out of. And you could see that I was at the gym, but I wasn't happy. I felt like it was a chore going to the gym and it was just some, it was something I had to do. Whereas the picture that I had posted next to it, I have this great big smile on my face and I, I think that I'm glowing and you can tell that I'm just, I'm thriving and I'm happy to be there. Um, so I think the difference between where my mindset is now and where my mindset is then is I figured out how to have that fitness identity, but not have it be my identity have it as part of who I am, but I've realised in the last sort of 12 months that there is so much more to me than a, a being a certain diet or, um, you know, living in the gym and all of that. Like I've, I've slowly started to find myself outside of that part of myself. Mm, and how does that feel for you? I feel free. I feel so free which is, it's amazing that I have so much more brain space now. Like I've got more time to do things that I want to do and, and you know, um, started reading some books and I do puzzles and 
I do things that aren't frantically trying to make numbers fit. Like I would, I remember there were like when I was super restrictive about the things that I was doing, I would read um, food menus because that's, I was so, I was so food focused that, you know, if I tried to watch a TV show, I would still end up looking on my phone at food menus. Yeah. And that's how trapped I was. And now, like, I'm watching TV shows. I'm halfway through the Vampire Diaries again. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm finding things again, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I love that. One of the reasons why actually I called this podcast Fit and Free was just summed up in, in everything you just said. <laughs> and, the, and the really cool thing is that I'm doing this, surplus phase now which is great loving it I'm I'm so for all the energy that I'm getting and um I love um how strong I'm feeling at the moment but coming towards the end of this um we've spoken and agreed that I am breaking up with tracking for a while which I'm so excited to be able to be present for Christmas and however long I feel like I need to not track for yeah, can you actually, I think this might be really useful to chat to the listeners about actually. So why did you sort of come to that decision and, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on its importance? I think tracking is a great tool um, in the beginning. You know, it teaches you um, a lot about nutrition and, um, you know, what's in food and all of that, which is great, but it can lead you down a really dark path, which I went down and stayed down and I stayed there because I thought it was comfortable. You know, having my fitness pal has become a comfort blanket for me. Um, and just, I think it would have been about a month ago, I sent you a message about tracking spinach. I tracked and weighed spinach up until about a month ago. And I like thinking about it now, I'm like I tracked leaves. So coming, coming to from that really restrictive, like this is the last really restrictive behavior I think I've got. And I think it's time to let that hand go. And I'm really excited because I reckon it's been about three years where I've just been tracking meticulously every day. Like compliance with that is not an issue for me. I want to be present for Christmas this year because the last couple of Christmases I've been, instead of spending time with my family, I've spent Christmas with my fitness pal. I want to spend Christmas with my family this year. So I, I just want to take some time off from it. Will I be in a surplus some days? Yep. Will I be maybe in a deficit some days? Yep. But I want to figure out... Um, what I like again and not what my fitness pal likes. Mm. I think it's going to take a little bit of um, getting used to waking up and going, what do I actually feel like eating today? Mm. Instead of what is my app telling me that I want to eat today? And I think that's going to be a really cool learning experience, getting reacquainted with my appetite and getting reacquainted with my genuine cravings. And um, I think it's going to be a cool experiment. And I always call them experiments to start with because it does seem scary, but I'm a science-minded person. So when I say that something's going to be an experiment, um, it takes the fear out of it a little bit and makes it more exciting for me. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you um, shared that with us, Soph, because like you said, you know, tracking is such a valuable tool and I do use it with a lot of my clients and I've actually just started tracking back myself last week and it's because I have very specific competitive goals next year that will require it. But prior to that, I'd been loosely tracking. And like you said, you know, we've got the education. We know what's, you know, what's happening too. And it's like you can make informed decisions without having to rely so strictly on, on an app. And as a coach, I, I, I do have clients who are able to be super flexible with it and, you know, like you said, they're not um, tied to the app. You know, if it crashes, they don't, they don't really care. You know, they'll, they'll check in and touch base every now and again, but it's not something that they feel is ruling their life. And, and I do have, you know, other clients where we're practicing, like with you, Soph, like the experiment you mentioned, we're practicing taking time off. And for, for some of my clients who are finding that they're, uh, they don't love it, they're actually maybe I'll say, you know, they, they use it as a comfort mechanism. I give them homework to have one on track day. You know, we start there. It's like, let's, yeah, what we do with you. Yeah. I remember <laughs> messaging you and going, is it okay if I don't track for my birthday? And you were like, ah, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Go and enjoy it. And I was just like, I can't believe I needed the permission from someone else to tell me that it is okay. But for some reason... And it's not just with my fitness pal, it's with a, a lot of things in this whole um, space. For some reason, having someone else go, it's okay, makes it okay. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but it is. Yeah. And then yeah. I do it and I go, do you know what? It was okay. Yeah. And it's not I've, scary, it's fine. I've had that experience myself too. So, you know, I'm not... Um outside of this even as a coach I'm a client too um, and I've experienced that but yeah if you're listening to this and, and you feel like yeah maybe you know tracking macros or something else like that it's there's a bit of an ick maybe and you tell me about it you know that it's not quite right then it could be worth experimenting with what does one day of not tracking feel like or what we did with Sophie you know when she alerted me that she's tracking things like spinach I was like dude stop doing that like you know try and you know not track things like you know you can start with green veggies or something like that just see what what happens you know and I think after a while you have collected enough evidence that nothing major is gonna happen and no the world didn't burn I didn't gain a thousand kilos in a night and you know what now I just grab a handful chuck it on and go yeah that's probably enough and I move on with my day and it's that super freeing. The first time I did it, it felt foreign. It, I was like, I had my scale there and it was, I had to be really mindful about no, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> move on from it. And like coming up to this period where I'm not tracking at all, um, I have this mental image and I think I'm going to do it physically as well of getting a hammer and smashing that food scale. I think I actually want to get a hammer and smash my food scale. I think it would be really um, metaphorical for me and transformative. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for the uh, the visual metaphors, you know, jumping off cliffs and things like that. So yeah. Um, just moving on to you. So coming back to where you were before, if we, if we, if we remind you of being on that gym floor and not being able to move and now can you talk the listeners through how to, how do things feel differently now? 
Um, oh, wow. Well, I can move and I don't sit on the gym floor and sob anymore. So that's an amazing start. Are you sure about that? Or is no, that- actually, sometimes <laughs> I do sit on the gym floor and sob, but it's not because um, my body is in physical agony because I've done too many steps and not eaten enough food. Um, it's generally because somebody's programmed me walking lunges and Bulgarian split squats as a superset. So that would be why I sit on the gym floor and cry. But in terms of how it feels um, different, I think I'm I'm actually a person now. Like I'm a person with a personality who, you know, is interesting to be around. And I think that's what that's what feels different because before um, all of this, I've never like, and I think I had this big epiphany when I um was working with you and that, that I've never actually done anything for me as a person that wants to do something. I had never done that. I've literally, my entire life has been doing things that I think other people want me to do or doing things that I think people expect of me or, you know, that are to do with some weird rules I've set in my head, which we're discovering there's lots of strange rules I've set in my head that I think the rest of society is living by, but literally nobody knows anything about. And that was how I lived my life. And now I'm like, I'm a person and I've got my own thoughts and I make my own choices. And it, it blows my mind that it took me until 28 to actually work out who I was. And I think, um, my partner said to me, a couple of months back when we were in our maintenance phase and I'm not as pleasant in the deficit, much more pleasant in maintenance. But, um, back then he goes, he goes, you know, Amy's the most amazing thing to happen to you. He goes, I've loved you since we met. He goes, but you really are a person now. He goes, I know who Jess is. He goes, I found Jess. Amy has helped you find Jess. And I was like, yeah, that, that is what it is. Like I know who I am. Um, I didn't know who I was before. I was a shell doing steps and training and everything. And now it's Jess is going to the gym because she wants to, and it makes me feel good. And that's been the biggest shift. Uh, That's huge. And I don't know that another follow-up question could do that justice, but I wonder Jess, what was the, the, the transformation that led to that? What, what do you think, even if they're tangible things that led to that becoming you? It was lots and lots of mindset work. It wasn't actually like, had nothing to do with my food and training. That was that. It was in my head. And I think when I realised 99% of my problems were things I was doing in my own head, that was what started to transform it. And it was verbalizing those thoughts when I was doing things mainly to you I'd be like oh I'm really worried about you know like when I went to um Sydney my family's in Sydney and I remember messaging you and being like um I just don't know how to manage the fact that they are expecting me to be this person I was and do these behaviors and I was really anxious about it and you were like well why do you have to be that person and I was like ah, you have a point there. I don't have to be that person. And you're like, pretty certain they'll all still love you even if you decide to not eat the pizza on pizza night. And I was like, ah, they probably will. And a bit like Soph and her not weighing spinach leaves, I was like, we'll give this a go. So, you know, I I behave the way um, that aligned with my values now. And I was like, oh, the world hasn't ended. 
nobody hates me. I still have family and friends. Um, and it was just doing that over and over and over with lots of different things that basically just taught myself. I was like, the world's not going to end if you are the person who you want to be and you live that out and, you know, do those behaviours um, over and over. Like it literally, it's like Pavlov's dog. It's like ring the bell and your mind does something. That was what it was. I basically had to train my head to chill. Yeah. To sum all of this up, because we've gone in a, a real mindset direction, I think, and I do, the next question I ask will be more like tangible and practical changes. But Jess, with you, what were the biggest mindset shifts that you've had in the last six months or what were the biggest realisations? Um, I think the biggest, some of the biggest ones were around me making choices in life to appease other people as opposed to what I wanted. That was one massive one. When I stopped making decisions based on what I thought other people were going to think or what I thought other people wanted me to do, and I started making decisions based on what sat right with me and aligned with my values, that was a massive one. Um, and I think the other one was that I'm not my physical body. Like I could put my personality in someone else's body and I'll still be me. It's not what people see that makes me me. And I that was a really big one because for my whole life, my physical body has been a real sticking point, um, you know, for the first part of my life. Even as a kid, I can remember people making comments about being bigger and those sort of things. And it had always been a thing and people would make comment and then I lost weight and people continued to make comment, but it was just, oh, you're looking really good now. And I attached myself so much to my physical appearance and that led me down a really deep path. But I'm not like, I love how I look, but it's not who I am. Far out. I love that. I, um, I've been having this thought for a little while now and it's going to sound crazy, but I'm just going to chuck it out there. I've been really thinking about my physical body and our physical bodies kind of like an avatar meat suit, <laughs> which does separate it, you know, from like rather than it being, you know, um, totally coupled with my identity, it's like this thing off to the side that's a like a literal meat suit. <laughs> it just, I, it, I think it really takes the pressure off. Like um, I know a lot of people get caught up in the comparison of say, you know, uh, celebrity culture or whatever and it's like whatever is the trend well then if I don't look like that it means this about me and it's like if we if we disconnect like what you're talking about and can see ourselves separate like we are we're not our thoughts if we can see ourselves separate from our thoughts it's like that same process we can just step back and from a more grounded and authentic position you know live our life um so I'd love that you said that <laughs> Um, so what about you? What do you think have been the biggest mindset shifts you've had in the last six months? Um, learning to slow down. My biggest issue was that I was going a thousand miles an hour because if I, I was worried that if I'd stop, everything would stop kind of a thing. And that's probably why I got to the point where I was, where I was at with my burnout. I was doing 25,000 steps a day 
on top of training, on top of being a nurse in a pandemic. Um, and I didn't know what rest was. I didn't know. I couldn't just sit on the couch and watch a TV show or I couldn't just, um, you know, sit and listen to some music or I couldn't just be with myself. I, I was scared that if I just stopped, I would be alone with my thoughts. And I, you know, I didn't want to have to delve into that part of me. I just wanted to stay in the, the masculine and the go, go, go that I completely lost the feminine side of me. Um, so the last six months has um, been a real turnaround with me. Instead of training being my be-all and end-all, rest is my be-all and be-all and end-all. So I love doing things like taking my dogs for a walk on the beach or I love just sitting and watching a couple of episodes of a telly show or um, I'm really enjoying, I know it sounds like old Nana thing to do, but I really enjoy at the moment just sitting and doing some word searches with some music playing, completely getting off screens and all of that. And like, I'm trying to just reconnect to myself. So, you know, the last six months has been a real slow down journey and it's been so nice to just reconnect with myself. I'm going to cry. Jess, I think you've had the uh, same experience actually with the slowing down because I think I've asked you uh, back in the day a few times, you're like, what is slowing down? Cleaning the whole house? (laughs) Yeah, uh, rest is not hiking a mountain or cleaning your house from top to bottom, turns out. That's that's not resting. That um, would be physical activity. (laughs) But you justify it to yourself, wouldn't you? That's the thing. I felt like I had to earn my rest and then I would make my rest something physical because I was like well you've earned the rest but you're lazy if you sit on the couch go do something so in my head I was like I'm going to get 25,000 steps I'm going to get my training session and then I've earned my rest of hiking a mountain what the actual like that but I do all of that and still go I'm still not being productive yes that, that was me. I could literally have, I would get up at 4am on a Saturday morning and do like a week of meal prep before I went to the gym and spent an hour and a half at the gym and then would make my partner like walk around the entire town with me because I'm like, I need to get my steps in. And then I would come home and clean the house. And then I decide I needed to cook more. Did I have anything to cook for? No, but I felt like, oh, I need to be productive. So I would cook more. And he would be like, can I just sit down? And I was like, fine, you sit down. And then I'd be cranky that he wanted to sit. I'm like, you're being lazy, like in my head. No, chill, stop. Like I couldn't because I think a bit like you, I was so fearful of what was going to happen if I stopped and so fearful of what people were going to think of me because everyone was like, oh, Jess gets up at four. She's so productive. She doesn't stop. She gets all this stuff done. And it became who I was. And I was like, I don't know how to stop this because people are then going to look and be like, oh, she's sitting on the couch or, oh, she's not doing this. And I was terrified of what they were going to think. No one's noticed that I've stopped hiking mountains all the time and no one cares. Um, And now I thoroughly enjoy sitting on the couch. It's just huge changes. It reminds me of that um, meme or not, is it meme? Just quote the other day I saw, which is, um how like how can I rest in a more productive manner or something I think you guys might have seen that just made all three of us laugh (laughs) yeah I felt personally attacked when you shared that one I was like ah that would be I felt the same I definitely (laughs) felt the same 
So can you just, just again for the listeners so they can really get a clear picture, um, practically I just want to go through um, what you think might be the biggest um, changes you made that have set you up for success now. And I, I mean that in terms of like how does training look different, how does um, your nutrition look different, uh, how does rest look different. Can you go through like practically what are the differences Yep. So from a, a training point of view, I've gone from six days a week of they're all at least two hour sessions because I felt like if I wasn't in the gym for at least two hours, it wasn't productive with so much junk volume. It's not even funny. Like my rest periods, I was still finding some way of moving. I was like, it was just two hours of I've got to go and I've got to burn as many calories as I can in those two hours. And if I didn't burn so many calories on my Fitbit in that session, it wasn't successful to me. To now doing four days a week, um, not doing junk volume, just doing the the um, bare minimum to elicit the greatest response, which is so good and because of the restrictions that we've got around gyms at the moment in regional Vic and the gym that I go to I've only got um you know between half an hour to an hour um in in there so I've had this real epiphany in the last couple of weeks with that that I can get a really great session in in an hour um if I do it smart if I plan it out in my head and go this is what I'm going to do I time my rest periods and I sit I sit and I do absolutely nothing for my rest periods um and then I get it done and then I walk out of the gym and I go I was only in there for an hour but because I trained properly and I really thought about how I was doing it and I really pushed myself with my own my intensity it felt just as good. And I stopped looking at the calories burnt on my watch. That's a completely arbitrary number to me now. Um, I go by how I feel when I walk out of the gym. Was that a good session? Um, do, I, do I feel like I really um, pushed myself? That's what is my definition of a good session now. And from a, a nutrition point of view, um, I'm eating food. I'm eating good food. I'm eating all the carbs. Um, I'm a walking bagel at the moment. I'm in a surplus, so I'm eating a, a really healthy amount of carbs. Um, even in the maintenance phase, we didn't um, drop my fats at all because I'm in a, a point where I'm trying to um, recover myself um, from a hormone perspective. So we've left my fats. I've really enjoyed it. Olive oil is delicious. I'm not scared of oils and butter and all of that anymore because that was a big fear, fear food for me. Was I would never cook with oils. I would never cook with fats. I never have, you know, fattier cuts of meat and things like that. Um, so from a nutrition point of view, I, I feel a little bit freer with that um, because I've learned that if I eat properly, um, and eat well and not, it's not all whole foods now it's you know I am enjoying myself too my sessions are better because I'm fueled um and you know it's nice to sort of relaxing around that a little bit more and then from a rest point of view I'm enjoying my rest I've got three rest days 
Um, and on those rest days, you know, I try and get my errands and stuff done. I'll take my, I've got two dogs. I take them for a walk and then I just chill out. Or, you know, I catch up with a friend. I went for brunch today or I spend some time with my family when I can see them, um, you know, doing fun things. Rest doesn't have to just be sitting on a couch either. It can be reconnecting with other people, which is something that I'm really starting to enjoy again is reconnecting with others. I love that. Jess, what about you? Um, so training-wise, um, my training, a bit like Soph, um, is doing the bare minimum to get the result I want, which um, is a really nice thing, a really nice thing to do. It doesn't consume my whole life and my whole day anymore. I go in there and I push really hard um, and then I leave and it's done. Like it doesn't continue to float around in my head um, constantly. And a bit like so I'm not, you know, adding in an extra set because it's going to, you know, burn a few more calories or, you know, do something. I'll actually just stick to what I'm doing. So I'm in the gym four days a week. Um, it took me a little while to work out uh, the difference between training hard and training hard, um, which was a bit of an epiphany uh, moment. Um, but now that I know what training with intensity um, feels like, it's, yeah, I love going in there. It's not a chore. It's not like I'm like, oh, got to go train. I'm like, yes, I'm going to go train. I'm going to feel amazing afterwards and get then get on with my day. Um, so, yeah, that's that. A nutrition side of things. Um, I just... I had some really um, probably funny eating behaviours where um, things would come around and I would feel the need to like eat as much as I could because I was like, well, from tomorrow I can't eat this again. And that sort of was a follow through from when I did my um, long extended period of dieting. But having sat at maintenance for a period of time and actually just enjoyed food, um, that is not there anymore. And I'm in a deficit at the moment and right at the end of a deficit. Um, and there's, you know, normally at this point I would be struggling with, um, consistency and, you know, sticking to my macros because, you know, my partner still eats macaroni and chocolate and all of those things, but I'm like, well, no, that chocolate will be there in six weeks. We're just going to concentrate on this. And that has been a massive mindset shift for me with the nutrition that um, I can enjoy the food at times. It's not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, at this point in time, this is my focus. And then time will come and I can eat macaroni and chocolate too, um, which will be exciting. I'm looking forward to that day. But um, in terms of rest, as I said before, I've learned that rest is not hiking a mountain. Um, for me, rest is not cleaning my house. And I'll be completely honest, it took me buying a device that grades my rest um, in our aura ring. Thank you, Soph, for that one. Awesome. Um, I, it took me buying that to, like, get a score to have to beat to get me to rest. But that's just who I am as a person. I needed that little competitive element to stop me because I now can't stand to like open it and it'd be like, you haven't rested well. I'm like, no, nah, no. And so I have to try and beat myself. And it's like reverse psychology, isn't it? It is. It's exactly. pure reverse psychology, but you know, that's what it took. And now I'm really mindful and I'm sleeping for more than 
four hours a night and and those sort of things and enjoying quality time with my partner again because that was something that I really pushed to the side because I was like no I want to go walk and do all these things he's like I don't want to do that and so I was like well that I can't not do it because I thought I had to um so yeah it's been really lovely Mm. Jess, what advice would you give to your former self? So say like, I don't know, 20, 2019 or even 2020, Jess, what would you say? If I had to give some advice to 2020, Jess, it would be, I think, two things. One, you don't just have the choice of dieting or being obese. There is this magical land in the middle called maintenance where you get to eat food and feel good and be a nice human being and that exists because I didn't know that existed and you know that was a massive mind game for me so I would say there's a place you will get to a place where you get to enjoy that and on that note the second part of advice I would give is you can eat more food you will not gain weight if you eat and you train and you are sensible about it you can enjoy food again because I never thought I would be able to and that period of maintenance where I got to just eat and enjoy food um, was like mind-boggling for me it really yeah set in stone also I'd say don't average 17 grams of fat a week because it will destroy your hormones just throwing that very important nugget in at the end, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> this is why it pays to, uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I was going to talk about um, getting advice, but anyway. Um, so what, what about you? What advice would you give to your former self? Let go. <laughs> Let go of that number that you're chasing let go of that person you think that everybody else thinks you are um let go of all that fear and anxiety um let go of it all because there is so much more on the other side of it um I was someone that was chasing a number on a scale and I got to that number I got to that num- that magical number that I had in my head. I'm not going to say what it is, but I had that magical number and I got to it um, and I got there and I was like, I am not happy. I am not happy with how I look. I'm not happy with how I feel. Problem was at that point in time, I was too scared to let go. So I picked an even smaller number. And I went chasing an even smaller number and I got to that number and I still felt worse. And um, that fear and anxiety got worse. And it just, you know, it, it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And people around me, we, they were worried about this person that I had become, this shell that I had become because they, I think they could see how trapped and scared and um anxious I was around so many things that I wish I I wish I could go back to myself 18 months ago and just go it's okay to let go um and you will you will 
grow into a different person. You'll never go back to that person you were, um, but you'll grow into this woman, this strong, badass woman um, that you'll love even more um, than, than this, this thing that you, you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize. I, w- I was looking at this reflection. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. I, I look at my reflection now and I go, good morning. Let's go. Let's seize the day. This is great. I love you. Let's go. Like, and there's nothing wrong with being obsessed with yourself. Cause at the moment I am obsessed with this person that I am because I had the courage to take that big running leap off the cliff and let go. And I am so glad that I did it. Yeah. I was going to say, Jess, I think you, you've, you've echoed those thoughts. Yeah. I think my, if I have a little quote written um, on my mirror and it actually, it was adapted from something my um, fiance said to me, he said, and it will be part of our wedding vows eventually. He said, I love you for who you were. I love you for who you are. And I'm going to love you for who you're going to be. And I take that to myself too. I love myself for who I was. I love myself for who I am, but love and trust that you're going to love that person who you're going to become too, because you're not who you were. You're not going to be who you are now. You're going to become someone else. And I think, yeah, that's it. Fuck, this podcast is powerful. (laughs) So um, I just want to finish off with that was little messages to ourselves. What do you wish every woman knew? So Jess, is there a message for the the women at large in in general in the population? (laughs) Oh, um, what do I wish every woman knew? that's a tough one put me on the spot here last question um last question I wish like this is what I wish life is full of seasons I think that's what I wish every person would know because there's different seasons of your life and you you know you will go through those and each will teach you a reason like in a lesson but the season you're in now is not the season you're going to be in forever Um, you know, when it comes to training, when it comes to nutrition, anything in life, everything comes in seasons. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Sometimes when you're, you know, in the pits, you're like, this isn't going to be forever. Um, and you know, when you're having highs too, make the most of those because they're also not going to be forever. So I think, you know, embrace the seasons as they come. Love it. So what do you, what do you like to say? I want people to be really mindful and really tread carefully when they're on the socials because I got so wrapped up in all the fitspos and um, all the different things that they're all telling me something different, but I thought to be successful, I had to do all of them. I had to do everything that all of the fitspos are saying and I had to take all the supplements that the fitspos are telling me to do and I do like weird and wacky workouts and do weird and wacky things. And you don't have to do the weird and wacky. You can just do the normal, um, eat really good food, lift some heavy stuff a couple of days a week, spend some time with people you love. Um, and it's, it's not as hard as you make it out to be in your head. This stuff isn't meant to feel like a chore it isn't meant to feel like a prison. It's supposed to be fun. 
So find a way. And, it, you know, if you don't like lifting heavy stuff, don't lift heavy stuff. But find a way of moving that fills your cup. Do things outside of that that fill your cup. If that's walking with your dogs on the beach or having a movie night with your mom or find things that fill your cup and do that instead of doing something that someone on Instagram is telling you to do because that is not going to fill you with joy. Thank you so much, ladies. I super appreciate you jumping on and chatting with us. I, I super appreciate you being so open and honest and vulnerable. And I think that it's just critical that other people hear stories like both of yours. And I know so many women are going to be able to see themselves in you. And, you know, if this impacts even just one person and uh, they can change some things off the back of this podcast, I, you know, I think we've done an amazing job here. So thank you so much for everyone listening. If you absolutely love this episode, if you resonated with it, we would really appreciate it. Give us all a tag and um, post on your story, share it with other women who you think might uh, resonate or get some value from. We would, we would really, really appreciate that. So over and out from us.